You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, the podcast here on MMAfighting.com. UFC Vegas 11 is in the books, and man, oh man, what a card it was. A lot to discuss, not just today, but throughout this entire week on all of our programs as we get ready for UFC 253 this Saturday night on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. But we're going to matchmake for that event next Monday, this week. It's the What's Nexts for some of the notable names from Saturday night's card at the Apex, the UFC 253 go-home show, if you will. Of course, I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, my co-matchmaker, my partner in crime, the Prince of Positivity, and one half of the best friends in the MMA media space, <laughs> Mr. Alex Cayley. How are you, sir? Did you enjoy the festivities on Saturday night? Uh, the Prince of Positivity is feeling very positive after Saturday's show. It very much, I think we, had, we I think a lot of us had high expectations for this. I think we all said this is one of the best non-pay-per-view cards. Uh, maybe the best one the UFC has put on this year. Uh, there have been some strong fight nights, though, and maybe one of the best ones just in recent memory in the last few years. Uh, this one, though, this isn't going to sound very positive, but it's positive certainly for people who won. This one was kind of for the haters, wasn't it? I mean, I think you had some people, some, some fighters either not particularly well-liked, or who uh, you know who are targets for scrutiny and criticism, come out on top. And again, we'll talk about a lot of those names, but obviously Colby Covington, the main event, uh, Hamza Shamaya, very much loved, but there were some some people some skeptical. Johnny Walker down on a two fight win streak, he bounced back. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, of course, uh, very popular, but also you know with popularity comes a lot of uh, a lot of jokes about whatever her her accent or you know her, uh, previous weight misses. And uh, just running out, Damon Jackson coming out of nowhere, getting a win, you know, coming back to the UFC. Uh, Randy Costa, you know, Mike, no, nobody likes anybody from the New England area. That's a fact. So him getting a win was big for you guys, Huge. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this one this one was really for the haters. Uh, uh, and I, so I'll say a lot of, a lot of these fighters, uh, I think they shut a lot of people up. Or they made them more mad. But either way, uh, their, their Q ratings certainly went up. And, uh, and overall, I think for most fans, this was a really, really good card uh, top to bottom. I agreed with... Just about everything you said there, you did make one tactical error. You said Damon Jackson. That's incorrect. It's Damon Martin. Didn't you know that? Did you watch the broadcast? Shout outs. <laughs> Shout outs to our Damon Martin, who has become such a ubiquitous presence in the MMA scene that, yes, Paul Felder and Dominic Cruz both had to, both referred to Damon Jackson as Damon Martin. In fairness to Damon Jackson, a fine fighter. I mean, look, Damon Martin has been around more uh, in the uh, mainstream MMA sphere for the last couple of years. So, you know. Can't can't blame can't blame the UFC crew for slipping up there and, and acknowledging it. and and uh, we all had a laugh about it. It's good to laugh, Mike. It was great. And uh, Damon Damon has told me that Joe Rogan used to call Damon Jackson Damon Martin when he was in the UFC the first time around. So <laughs> I, I will say this: we, we have a lot of things in the works for this week. Maybe recapping this card, looking ahead to Saturday. But for those wondering, oh, Damon Martin should interview Damon Jackson this week. It's happening. I've already got the wheels in motion. It's a done deal. Nice. It's just Guys, a when. Did. It's not an if, it's a when. We did so. not get Neil on Neil. Uh, <laughs> we might get Erwin Rivera, Jerome Rivera. We may get Rivera on Rivera, though it's going to require some creative matchmaking and uh, Jerome Rivera staying at, at a higher weight than he usually fights at. But it sounds like we are getting 
Damon on Damon, which is the matchup we wanted all along. Yes, so, who knew? Uh, please well, look out for that hashtag Damon on Damon. Let's get that trending. Uh, let's get that trending by Monday afternoon, please, and let let the people know that 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 is happening. Well, let's get right into this thing, AK. People want to hear about what happened and what is next for some of these fighters that competed in the Octagon on Saturday. Let's start. With Colby Covington, the man that put the stamp on the event, he gets back in the win column with a dominant one-sided win over former undisputed champion Tyron Woodley. He put him away in the fifth round after an apparent rib injury, and Colby did what Colby does, volume in your face, and he becomes the first fighter to stop Tyron Woodley in over eight years since the Nate Marquardt title fight in Strikeforce in 2012. That's crazy. But, you know, when you have a guy like Colby who is a great fighter, is very brash, as you heard on Saturday night. He's got some options here, but AK, here's the deal. No matter how you feel about the man, and he said some things on Saturday night that ruffled a lot of feathers, and rightfully so, the guy is one of the top two or three welterweights in the world, and there's no dispute of that. What is next for Colby Covington, in your opinion? Well, I think, uh, as a lot of people in the media discussed prior to the fight, we all said, look, if Covington wins this fight and does so in convincing fashion. He probably puts himself right back in line for a rematch with Kamara Usman. It was a great fight the first time around. There's still a lot of heat there uh, on a personal level, and uh, and again he has he has the record for it. There's 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 no whether again a lot whether you like him or not, uh, which is the you know the, the disclaimer which we always have when we say anything about Covington, anything positive about him is like you said he's a he is you cannot argue with his credentials uh, and his performances and that was a dominating performance last night against a champion a guy who was champion just 18 months ago which seems like five years ago now uh, based on how Woodley has fought recently so uh, there's some very I'm 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 uh, I have a lot of preamble here because I think the choices are pretty obvious I like his, I like that Colby only wants to fight uh, Jorge Masvidal or Kamar Usman I think those are both great options however late last night one Leon Rocky Edwards chimed in with a tweet saying. Don't worry, I'll take out the racist scumbag, comma, December. Let's see if uh, Colby Covington joins the, quote-unquote, I won't fight Leon club, a very illustrious list, and uh, goes running like the rest of them. Uh, and, he, and he tweeted that at UFC in Europe. So, you know what? I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I think we've matched up Edwards in the past already. I think we've done it many times because the guy just can't seem to get a high-level fight. Uh, and I think this one makes a lot of sense. So uh, it would give Colby some fresh material. I, I'd hate to see his anti-British material. But... Uh, it, I, I think it'd be refreshing to some. So let's let's try that one. Uh, Edwards gets a big fight. There's a lot of heat there, and uh, Colby maybe just one fight away from the either Masvidal fight or uh, Usman rematch. Oh man, AK, I can't believe how much we disagree on this. Like mm. I just, I, I think there's less than zero percent chance this fight happens. I, mm-hmm. I just, it's just, it's Leon. I don't get it. Like I. I think he deserves a fight like this, no doubt about it. It's just not going to happen. Like so many, it's people, gonna take some convincing. It's gonna take some convincing. A lot of convincing. Side. Leon's yeah. gonna have to fly to America and knock on Colby's door and slap him in the face for this fight to happen. I, I and, ha- and have an octagon <laughs> set up in the in the Colby's front yard. Yeah, uh, probably. Contracts right there <laughs> and, a, and a briefcase full of cash. Look, I, I I would love to see the Mazadal fight. I think this is the fight that makes the most sense because. You got story, you got heat, the friends turned enemies thing. And, you know, Mazadal's a huge draw. He's got a lot of momentum. And if Jorge Mazadal were to go out there and put Colby Covington away, he'd be on, like, a whole new level of popular. And he's already on, like, a really high tier. But he'd be, like, I mean, he's not Connor. Connor, like, life of its own. But he'd be pretty damn close if he took out Colby Covington. There's no doubt about that. That's obviously a very tall order. 
Masvidal is peaking in drawing power right now. And of course, he's not scared to fight Colby because anyone who would say that should have their head examined. But listen, it's business. If Masvidal has the choice between fighting Nate Diaz again or fighting Colby Covington, the pros outweigh the cons so badly in the Nate fight. It's not even close. So what I think Colby does is wait. I think he sits back and he waits for the winner of Usman versus Gilbert Burns. If Burns wins, it is a 1 million percent automatic title shot. No ifs, ands, or buts. If Usman wins, I still think he's the favorite to get that shot over Leon Edwards because of the story, because of how things went down on Saturday night in the post-fight show on ESPN+. And because the first fight was just so damn good. I think Colby... Colby's next fight will be for the title, AK. That's what I think. Even if, like, if something were to happen with Gilbert Burns, Colby even said at the post at the the press conference, if something happens like a week or two to Gilbert Burns and he can't make it December twelfth, Colby said he's he's in to get to slide right into that spot. Yeah, he will be hovering around no higher than like one hundred and eighty pounds for the next you know for the next two or three months, right? He is he is definitely staying online. Uh, you know, for making a distinction between what will happen and what should happen. What should happen is what you're saying. He he should wait. He should wait. There really is no reason to take another fight. Uh, either that he should be waiting for that title shot. Uh, but I still I like the possibility of Masvidal because um, one of the reasons you mentioned you didn't quite phrase this way, but uh, the Masvidal Nate Diaz rematch is stupid. Uh, so I, I have I have <laughs> honestly have almost zero, I, I'm like everyone. I'll tune in you know if it does become official and if that fight happens, but I'm not clamoring for that fight at all. So yeah, a lot more heat with Masvidal uh, Covington uh, and. Uh, and definitely with with Covington getting a title shot. So, and uh, the beauty of uh, of uh, Covington Masvidal, by the way, would also be two Trump guys. So I, I wonder how uh, Covington would have to kind of change up his material. He's already started with some, kind of some comments about Masvidal's personal life. I guess he'd dig that way. But uh, yeah, the politics thing would almost kind of get pushed to the side, which I think some people would like. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean nothing but nothing really but good options ahead for. Uh, Colby Covington, which uh, I don't think we can say about the man he beat on Saturday. Yeah, it's. I mean, we we we've talked about this a few different times about the difference between having a sold out arena and having nobody in an arena. I think for a fight like last night's fight, it took away from you know just the ambiance of it all. But man, that 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 could have got real ugly last night, especially in this political climate. We're not going to talk about all that stuff, but. It was just uh, a lot of that stuff was unfortunate. We'll, we won't comment. You guys can look at it in your own way and, and, and make your own opinions. But that's Colby. Let's talk about Tyron Woodley. This is a lot tougher, AK, because this is a guy who was the welterweight champion of the world for quite some time. And then since then, since he walked into the octagon to fight Kamara Usman, he has lost 15 consecutive rounds and not close rounds. Like, these were not close at all. This has been tough to watch, if we're being honest here. But you also have to keep in mind, if we're going to be positive here, and that's what we, we, we try to do here between the two of us, the losses were to the top three welterweights in the world today. Like, how much stock do you put into that? There's certainly some, but there's three roads here that he can take. One is he takes Dana's suggestion and calls it a career, which could very well happen. He's got a lot of options outside of the octagon but for the sake of this program since it is a matchmaking show let's let's say he doesn't do that road two is you do the legends tour or road three you fight a young surging up-and-comer and possibly put him over so you can give woodley somebody like a sean brady or my pick you try 
you already tried to schedule this fight before, so let's just try it again. You do Woodley versus Robbie Lawler too. I think that's the way to go. What do you think? I thought you were going to say uh, do, do the Woodley uh, Edwards fight. And then I realized, wait, that's insane. Oh, now. God, wait, no. Uh, no way. Edwards has, Edwards has no reason to take that fight. <laughs> Edwards has about as much reason to take that fight now as uh, Covington has to take a fight with Edwards. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's funny you mentioned the top three that, you know, he's only lost to really the top three guys in the world now because that's also kind of part of what makes it so difficult because you it how, how big of a step back does Woodley take if you if you're if you're you know st- sticking strictly to the rankings then you say okay well there's other people in the top 10 he can fight but that's really not how MMA works you lose three straight fights I mean you're you're not just losing your top five spot uh he might still be in there depending how you weigh some of his recent wins and some other people's recent wins but I mean some people probably I, I, you know would just drop him out of the top 10 at this point with the with the way he lost these fights not not to the name but can you imagine anyone kind of not that familiar with Woodley watching these fights and trying to convince them he's still a top five contender or top six, top seven? It would sound insane. It, it would sound absolutely insane. You know, you have to know about his reputation uh, to understand why he's still ranked where he is. So I had a lot of difficulty with this one, as you suggested there might be. But I, then I said, screw it, Mike. Oh, this guy said, screw it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You, I'm doing it. And you can't stop me. OK, I'm playing the card. All right. This fight never happened in Strike Force. It never happened when Woodley was a champion, even though he called for it on multiple occasions. I'm pulling this card. I'm pulling the Nick Diaz card. I just pulled the Nick Diaz card out in the air, and I'm, I'm just throwing it up. Woodley, if Nick Diaz is serious about coming back, let's just make it happen. Let's let's try. Let's let's do this fight. There's again. We're, we're talking about a fight with Heat, and maybe one of the few fights that would quote unquote get Woodley motivated, if that's a thing anymore, after what we saw last night, where. I think there was some effort there, but certainly not his not his best, not what, we, what a lot of uh, Woodley supporters wanted to see. So Woodley Diaz, the fight that's uh, a little bit past its best before date. I'm actually I actually wrote about it a little bit this morning. I said it, it might even be considered expired by some people, but I still think there's enough interest. So that is my that is my somewhat dubious choice. I don't dislike that at all. I think that that's a fine fight because I mean Nate, Nick's been gone for so long. He's not. He's probably not a guy that's going to hurt Tyron. He's not going to, like, take him down and lay on him for five minutes and beat him up on the ground. I mean, he could, but I doubt that happens. I think uh, that's a, I think that's a fine fight. That's, I mean, that's it. Like, I don't want to see him fight anybody else. Like, I want to see Lawler or maybe a Diaz, and that's it, really. Like, I don't want to see anything else. Maybe you do Damian Maya, do that rematch. I'm sure everyone's clamoring for that. But, I mean, but... I don't want him against any of these these guys. Like, I had people suggest Hamzat Shamayev against Tired Woodley. I'm like, sure they what? did. What? <laughs> I'm sure they Why did. would you do that? <laughs> Why would you put that man through that? Come on, that's that's insane. Just to give Hamzat a name, I guess. But that would be really depressing. Well, listen, you just mentioned Sean Brady. I don't think I think that'd be pretty depressing too. Because yeah, I think but... Sean Brady is at the level now where he would just handle Woodley uh, with with respect to the former champion. And I don't know if you'll want to see that. That'd just be a, that'd be another bummer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have it's it's kid glove time. Like, if you want to keep him around, Tyron wants to keep going. Like, you have to put him be like, dude, you have to take who we offer you. Like, I I don't think he gets Nick. Like, I I like the fight and I like what it kind of stands for, where they're at in their careers. But I mean, you you can't. It's it's hard to reward somebody with the with the because that's a big fight. It's hard to reward a guy who got crushed in his last fifteen rounds, a fight like that. But I don't dislike it but it's tough it's tough to pick for a guy like this that dana wants to basically kick out the door and lock behind him but tyron doesn't seem like he's he's he feels like he's still got some gas in the tank which is 
kind of crazy. I don't know how, like, I'm not a fighter. And that's why the, the mindset of a fighter fascinates me oh so much, AK. Uh, Cowboy Oliveira. Um, oh, boy, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Some, I'm just throwing out. This was this was really uh, Gunnar Nelson. Um, Don't hate that boy. I got uh, the uh, the uh, who's what was I saying? The Diego Sanchez. Um, what did, what did I have? Diego. Who's, who's that's that's Diego. a decent idea. Oh my god! But he's fighting Jake. He's still fighting Jake Matthews, right? Right. The winner of that. God, this is there's really. I'm just thinking like any of these matches, Woodley would have just zero interest in like uh, he you, you really had to convince him to come up for to, with some extra money or something because he's just not taking these fights diego would be interesting i guess yeah but i mean that's where i mean that's what happens you have to understand the game like when you lose three in a row as badly as you did like if you want to keep going you have to take what you can get we normally only do the winners on this show by the way so this one was for you t wood all right sorry i know yeah, it's sorry a, buddy i know it wasn't the nicest the nicest conversation but yeah uh, you know I, I hope i you know out of respect we tried to try to match you up and <laughs> kind of hit a wall here. We tried on the post-fight show too. It just did not go well. Mm. And you feel you feel bad for the guy, but you know maybe maybe all these words and maybe all the doubt will motivate him to to get back to where he once was. But and credit credit to Woodley by the way, much like he did after the Burns Burns fight, another discouraging loss. Uh, he hopped onto Instagram Live right after from I think from the ambulance. Uh, you know, he injured his rib. Obviously, he was getting taken to the hospital, and I think he dropped off a short message for his fans. So not everyone would do that. No. So uh, let's let's give uh, Tarun Woodley a little bit of credit for that. Surely, surely. Hopefully, he bounces back because you know we want to see want to see this, this guy do well. You know, we want to see everybody do well. But that's the main event. Let's talk about the co-main event. I mean. It's kind of a no-brainer. Like, we just run this one back, right? Between Cerrone and Nico Price, like, this is an easy rematch, or do you see something else for these guys? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think Cerrone was a little hard on himself after anyone who saw the press comments. He said he essentially considers it a loss, uh, which it was, which, I mean, yes, without the point deduction in the first round, it would have been 229-28 for Nico Price. So it would have been a split decision win for uh, Price. And I certainly would have scored it that way as well. I think without the, I would have given uh, Price the first and third. Am I, I, if I recall, I'm sorry, my scoring is a little bit off, but definitely uh, Price two of the rounds to uh, to one for Cerrone. So, um, sorry, so sec- first and second for Price. Cerrone won the third, right? Yeah, I t- I have my opinions on this fight. Sure, sure. Momentarily. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like, we don't have to dwell on this too much. But uh, yeah, run it back. Cerrone wants it. I'm sure Price was uh, ecstatic at the draw. I'm not sure why. Uh, he's, but then again, he's ecstatic about everything. So I'm sure he said, uh, give me another 15 minutes with Don Cerrone. Oh, he, he would love it. He, would love, he was having a great time before the fight, during the fight, after the fight, and he'd, he'd love to do it again. That was, that was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> Nico's go crazy about the draw, and cow, the wage cowboy just looked at him was amazing. That was phenomenal. <laughs> I think he thought, I think Price thought because the, I think he had done the math in his head uh, wrongly. And I think he thought, oh, the point deduction, I'm screwed. I think as soon as he got the point deduction and then didn't finish the fight, I think in his head he was like, oh, no, I must have lost. So when it was a draw, he was just like, you know, woo, like, woo, I got to, one, I got to fight Cerrone, someone I really like. And two, uh, I didn't lose. Though I don't think he, I think I'm sure his, he realized after like, oh, wait, I, I had the point deduction. I actually would have won. So, uh, just a very odd reaction. What a, what a fun man. Let me ask you this. And I, and I know that we're positive people here, but maybe that just speaks for the card in its entirety. If we were to rank all 14 of these fights from best to worst, and they were all fascinating in their own way, is Cerrone and Price, is it 
the lowest ranked fight is at least one oh. of the lower ranked fights and in comparative execution compared to the rest of the card in delivery i think it was the less the the less desirable fight in execution than any other fight on the card okay i mean relative to expect Relative to expectations, certainly. It's one of the reasons why I, I say this was not a perfect card. This is very close to being, I was telling you, my, 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 my score, my potential score before the show was a 9.5. And I thought it was close to that. That was like a 9.2, 9.3. So very, very, A+, plus, A+, plus regardless. Uh, but yes, this was one of the reasons I would have dinged a, a, a point there is because it did not live up to our expectations. Uh, I would have put it probably in the middle of the pack. I think I think it was still better. Then, then uh, some of the fights, even though it was marred by a foul, and yeah, maybe wasn't quite the nonstop banger that people hope, but it, it built up really well. I think it got better as it went along. Um, so aside from uh, some oddities there, it, it was a good fight. I'd put it in the middle of the pack. I think I think there were some. I don't think again. I don't really think there was a bad fight no. on Saturday. There were some fights that were a little little bit lighter on action, um, but otherwise, no. I don't know if it was that disappointing. But I see what you're saying. We all we yeah. all assumed fight of the night. And it didn't really come close to that. I think it speaks more about the rest of the card than Cerrone Price being a bad fight. Like, I'm not saying it was a bad fight, but the card was just really good. The performances were excellent. Like, Darren Stewart versus Kevin Holland was a better fight than Nico Price yes. versus Don Cerrone. It just yes. was. But listen, people are saying, oh, stop talking, Mike and AK. We want to talk about this man. So let's just get right to it. The man that people are tuning in to hear ideas for. Mr. Hamzat Jemayev, holy potatoes, AK, 17 seconds, one punch. He knocks out Gerald Mearshart. This by far exceeded anything that resembled a best case scenario for Hamzat Jemayev. A stunning ending. I mean, absolutely stunning. The reaction I had was unbelievable. It was just a, a beautifully hyped up, featured bout throughout the week. The, 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 it stole the show heading into Saturday night. I'm going to let you kick things off, but before I do, AK, and I'll let you roll right into your pick after you answer this question. Has your stance officially changed on how you proceed with Hazmat Shemaev? Are we Hamzat, excuse me. Are we past the slow roll stage in your mind? Are we ready to throw him to to some wolves now? I have so many Shemaev notes. <laughs> I it's if you can see my screen, I have like a million notes that I want to remind myself to mention. I don't even know what order to go in. I think I have it in a proper order. First, I'll say Somehow on a night where Colby Covington beat his his greatest like public rival, uh, got a call from Donald Trump uh, during his during while speaking to the media, uh, called out LeBron James, called out Usman, put himself in position for a title shot. Somehow, despite all that, I would still say Shemaev was the biggest star from Saturday night. Uh, I do not know how this man keeps doing it, stealing the show again on Fight Island. He came out of nowhere. And I remember Fight Island was start kicked off by uh, Usman and uh, and Jorge Masvidal, which we thought was a big fight. And then by the end of Fight Island, no one cared about that fight. Everyone was talking about Shamayev. So this guy, three fights in his UFC career, is stealing headlines from some of the, the biggest names in his uh, in his division. Well, one of two divisions he competes in. So the first note I wrote here, Mike, was what is even the point of trying to do this? No, I refuse. I refuse to try and match this man up anymore. I don't even know what weight class he fights in. He fights in two weight classes. He wants to fight every... He could be fighting this Saturday for all we know. And whatever we say today won't even come close to mattering. So it's a, it's a, little, a little frustrating, Kamzat. It's a little frustrating. You're, you're, you're too good. You're too good and you're too busy. I was one of those people, Mike, as you know. I'd said on many of our shows, I want to see him properly matched up first. I, I really loved the Mirror Sharp matchup when it happened because I said, yes, this is the level of guy I should be fighting. Not a top 15 ranked guy at 185. Or at 170, he should get a veteran, someone with grappling experience. 
Mirshart absolutely checked off both those boxes, and he passed the test with flying colors. So I I was uh, I was not assuming that he wasn't ready for a step up in competition. I had just said several times I wanted him to prove it to me. He kind of did a little bit, a little bit. Seventeen second one punch knockout kind of did it. I guess my original matchup when we first booked my have of Miguel Baeza that's out the window. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's happening. Though <laughs> he did just miss out on a fight with Mickey Gall, so if he's willing to come to Fight Island and, and fight in uh, whatever two weeks, uh, yeah, next week or two weeks, uh, Shamaya probably still wouldn't do it. But I still think that matchup made sense. I stand by it, and 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 uh, you know that'll be that'll be you know so one day talked about the annals of MMA history as one of the great fights that never happened. Uh, I rambled a bit here, uh, Mike. So I I'll actually I think I think you can give your pick first. I I need to catch my breath. I need to get my Shamaya levels back down to you know regulate them people your shamayev level should never be too high and uh, let's hear what let, mike let me hear what your matchup is first okay so i disliked the double booking of shamayev for multiple mm-hmm. reasons mm-hmm. one is because i hate the damian maya fight i just hate it and i've explained why i hate it on this program and other programs because this is mma if he goes in there and starches damian maya damian maya rides off into the sunset and just like the most just the worst way possible but if Damian Maya goes out and submits Hamza Shemaev in like a minute and a half, then Shemaev is the overrated bum that, you know, we gave too much hype to. It's just, it's a lose-lose situation for Damian Maya. Plus, if he, if, if, if Shemaev goes out and did what he did on Saturday night, like, does the Maya fight even make sense anymore? Are we thinking maybe beyond that? Are we looking in a different direction? Are we realizing that points A and B are actually true? So I've hated the Maya fight from the very beginning. And Dana didn't seem all that sold that this was, like, a sure thing like he did a couple of weeks ago. He even said, like, you know, he could still fight Maya, but still get another fight in between. Maya's not even going to be ready for for this guy. So, look, here's the, here's the thing. If it happens, I'll watch. It's an intriguing matchup. I think Shamayev's just happy to flip-flop, so I think his next fight will be at 170. I still think you throw him a top-10 guy, but let's let's have some fun here, AK. Let's have some fun. I want to see Shamaya versus Vicente Luque. I want all of that. Sign me up. Do it in November. Do it on Fight Island. Whatever. That's the fight to make, in my opinion. Let Damian Maya fight somebody else. Give this man what he wants. He set him up. He's, he, he has set himself up so well that if he loses, like if, if Hamza Shamayev loses to a guy like Vicente Luque, he's the guy with, as Vince McMahon so eloquently put it in the past, grapefruits. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take in this kind of scenario. If he wants Wolves, give him the Wolves. I know it's kind of a, a different statement because I said Damian Maya, like if he beats Shamaya, if it, it, it makes Maya look like he crushed a can. But listen, Luke's a fun fight. Those two are going to stand there and bang. If he takes Luke down and submits him, all the more power to him. But I would rather see that fight than the Maya fight. Yeah, look, and Luke deserves this as well. Okay, Luke is... Sure. 12 and 3 in the UFC and has almost I don't, I, I don't know who is his, who's his biggest win like he just has not been given the opportunity to move up the rankings and, and even if you think Shamayev is still behind him in the rankings which I would I, I would uh, keep in mind Shamayev is technically only 1 and 0 at welterweight uh, in the UFC but you know we're kind of there's no one like him you kind of have to jumble all, all his wins together he's had so far into both divisions uh I think it would move Luke up the rankings and, like you said, just do a lot for his reputation, just be, potentially beating the one of the hottest names in the MMA industry right now. So I like that. I definitely like that for uh, for Luke and, and for Shemaev. Because, um, yeah, I don't. I have uh, Luke ranked 15th in my personal rankings. I believe he's in the top 15 of the UFC's official he's rankings. 10. But 
He's number 10. There you go. So uh, Shamayev gets a ranked opponent, but not a guy who we feel like is too big a step up as far as reputation. So that's the next logical move, I think, after um, Mearshart. If he stays at 185 for some reason, or, again, or just takes a fight at 185 because he wants to stay busy, I thought the obvious choice might be like Kevin Holland. Um, I don't know how soon Kevin Holland wants to fight again. I don't know if he has any interest in uh, going to Fight Island, frankly. Uh, I, I can't imagine him saying no, but I'm, I'm just not sure if he would. Um, so that that's possible. Again, just you just throw two guys in there who are always saying they want to they want to fight. That could happen at 172, actually. Now that you think about it. Uh, and by the way, I want to say we always talk about have we gotten any matchups correctly? I think we predicted the Holland uh, Darren Stewart matchup uh, the last time those two fought, which was very easy because they fought on the same that's card. Correct. And I think both of their post-fight interviews, they said, we want, I want to fight as soon as possible, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we just said, yeah, let's put them together. So I think we got that one. It's not, I, I wouldn't give us a, a huge pat on the back for that, but we sometimes, we sometimes predict these things, as they say. Okay. Wonder Boy, you know, he said he has Zion Shemaev, but I think he said he wants to fight in November. That's way too long for Shemaev. That's like a year for Shemaev, so he's not going to want to do that. And that's only really if, if the Maya fight uh, doesn't happen. Um, so, which I don't, th- I don't think that's ever became official. But uh, if, if they decide to uh, divert from that, then maybe Wonder Boy can slip in. But I don't know. And uh, I'm breaking the glass in case of emergency here for a welterweight option. So I said uh, a name I kind of mentioned before for someone else: Gunnar Nelson on Fight Island. Uh, I don't know what's up with Gunnar. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury, taking some time off. Um, I don't know if it's COVID, you know, just precautions related. Maybe he doesn't want to travel. Uh, but uh, yeah, he hasn't fought in a while. Style-wise, good matchup for Shemaev, good striker, uh, good grappling. Uh, so kind of kind of a Luke uh, pick, not quite as maybe not quite as exciting for the fans, but um, yeah, that's just sort of my my other uh, my other option for Shemaev. But boy, uh, he gave, again he gave himself every option in the world, uh, and uh, I'm sure we have yeah we'll have some 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 reader comments later. Yeah, there's 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 really no bad option. You either want to push him up the the rankings in one of these divisions or you just want to showcase him and either way people are going to watch and, and get excited for it so a lot of uh, i can't wait to hear the the listener suggestions when it comes to hamzat but now we have johnny walker back in the win column finishes ryan span snaps spans long long winning streak maybe some questionable strikes to the back of the head but uh but no call ref didn't see anything from his vantage point goes down as the first round tko and in my opinion, one of the best rounds of 2020 so far. That was just a crazy sequence of events. But I think this is kind of an easy choice, AK. Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is the fight that makes the most sense. I mean, you want to see how good and how how changed this guy really is since working at TriStar and working at SBG. And that's the kind of fight to do it. Like, that's if he wants the normal scheduling rotation. Like, if he wants to turn around quick... I'm sure there's ways you can do it where it's not Anthony Smith, but if we're going to do things as normal as can be in 2020 slash 2021, I think Anthony Smith is the guy. What say you? I think that's the name he mentioned after the fight, right? I believe he did do a call out after. That was him that called out Anthony Smith, right? Um, I actually didn't see it. If we're being, I'll check on. I, I believe uh, he was asked, and I think, and and, and at the time, I kind of nodded. I was like, yes, makes sense uh, where they are in their careers. Uh, I don't love it though. I don't hate it, but I don't love it, Mike. So I went with. Uh, I think the uh, there's some intrigue there with the uh, winner of the upcoming fight between Shogun and Paul Craig, the the rematch. Uh, we either get sort of a passing of the torch from you know one Brazilian star to another future Brazilian star, or uh, you, you get that kind of uh, maybe Craig beats uh, Shogun and you get that kind of oh I need to avenge this uh, this popular Brazilian fighter and uh, you can run with that storyline. So that that's kind of the way I see it going. But yeah, good for Johnny Walker getting back in the win column. Uh, and you're right that that round was crazy. Who refereed? Do we who refereed that fight? Um, 
It was not Chris Tyone, was it? <laughs> no, that's a great question, actually. Uh, Big Dan. Big Dan Ringo okay, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was the referee. Because uh, Chris Tyone would have made a meal out of that one. Oh, man. Uh, that's my. That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, Chris Tyone, uh, <laughs> maybe the, the, the most talked about non-fighter, I think, in the last few weeks. He's had some... He's had, I'm being so nice here, by the way, people. He's had some moments. Sure. Like, he, he has had some moments. Uh, so, uh, But yeah, it was a great round. And uh, I think Big Dan did the best job he could with the absolute chaos that was presented to him. Listen, and in, in, in let's be honest, I'm not picking the fight that 100% should be. Because the UFC just keeps going back to a certain well over and over again. And eventually the well is going to run dry and maybe I'll get my wish. But I want to see... Walker versus Ankalaev. That's the fight I want to see. But they keep trying to get this Ankalaev Kudalaba rematch done so we can put this thing to bed. But every time they try to book it, something happens and it doesn't happen. So that's, I mean, Walker Ankalaev is the fight. That is bananas. But until Kudalaba happens, I just don't see it being put on the books anytime soon. The light heavyweight version of Nurmagomedov Ferguson. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I would say somehow even more bizarre. Yeah, at this point, no doubt about it. Mackenzie Dern gets mm. a first-round submission win. Yes. I cannot believe the fight played out the way it did. Like, Dern Dern throws a kick. And I have to say, I went on Twitter and I watched that loop over and over again for a while. Uh-huh. And I was crying at one point because Dern literally flies in the air and falls down. And what does Random Marcos do? The one thing she promised she wouldn't do. I'm not going to the bat. She dives right on top, which blew my mind. Like, I could not believe. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But Dern taps her quick to nobody's surprise because she dove right into her guard. I cannot. I could not believe it. But back-to-back quick submission wins after the loss to Amanda Hivas, AK. What do we do? What do we do with Mackenzie Dern now? Uh, and by the way, regarding that Dern... Uh missed kick that landed, ended up with her landing on her butt i guarantee you she'll be the first one to laugh at that i think anyone sure. who knows Dern's personality i'm sure the next time you get her on the show you can ask her about it she will i'm sure at least since you end up winning the fight i'm sure she will laugh she's the first person that will make fun of herself and have a laugh about it uh, i'm sure jason prillo loved that i'm sure he'll have, i'm sure he <laughs> busted her chops about it when they got backstage uh you know his his striking uh fully on this striking coaching fully on display there so uh yes as our as our colleague uh james lynch noted not a great night for uh, for fighters from Windsor, Ontario, her and T.G. Laramie both based out of there, uh, and falling into submissions that probably could have been avoided. Uh, Marcos definitely do not know what she was thinking. Uh, she's she's a she's a braver person than you or I will ever be, Mike. But because uh, I certainly would not have gone to the ground there. Uh, I, this isn't this isn't a difficult one. I'm going to go with what was suggested last. What I think we suggested last week, the Karate Hottie Michelle Watterson. Um, the only argument against it might be that maybe she's a little too much for for Dern at this point in her career, obviously in terms of experience. Uh, but uh, but I, I think Dern, I think it's a fight you could easily sell. I think the UFC is super high on Dern after this back-to-back submission wins now. And it's really now or never. It's a super deep division, so there's certainly options. But I think that this fight would have a lot of a lot of heat. I think it would draw a lot of attention. I'm I'm not hesitating here. I'm saying go for it. Let's throw her in there with the top uh, perennial, you know, top ten, top five contender, Michelle Watson, Karate Hottie versus uh, Mackenzie Dern. Let's go. So for me, it's same town, wrong house. Okay, one fifteen, and I think I mentioned this last week too. I mean, one fifteen just such a different division. Like, you can't avoid certain matchups. Like, you throw a lot of rules out the window. Like, you can do prospect versus prospect. You do prospect versus veteran. It all works at one fifteen because the division is so stacked. Verna Jandaroba was a popular name on the post fight show. 
But like I said last week on the program, if Mackenzie Dern won, especially if she finished Random Marcos, Angela Hill was the fight that made the most sense to me coming off the split decision loss to Michelle Watterson. Dern is ranked 15. Hill is ranked 13. That is a sensical matchup. Hold off on on, the, on a fight like John DeRoba until they're both in the top five. I, I wanted to do John DeRoba versus Tisha Torres, which you did as well. And then we do Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. We give both these prospects some veteran matchups, and everybody wins. And then we, we're, we're planting seeds, if you will, for that future matchup that everybody wants to see at some point. Yeah, I think Torres prefer. We said for Torres prefer for Jandro, but I don't want to mess with that. Uh, I I don't know if that's a, that's in the works for the UFC, but it should be. So uh, hey, guys, listen to our show and uh, just stick to this plan, and you can't go wrong with the strawberry division, right? We're, we're we're helping you guide the strawberry division down a very fun path. Absolutely. Kicking off the main card was arguably the most fun fight of the night, in my opinion. Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. It was as advertised. They're both yapping with each other, throwing awkward and different kinds of strikes. There was uh, the occasional groin shot. I mean, this thing had everything. Darren Stewart had a great third round. It was just a little too little too late. Kevin Holland had a good start to the fight and and hung on and, and outlasted the dentist. So Kevin Holland's got a lot of options right now. He's a fun guy. He's, he's right there. He's so close to breaking that wall down into, you know, a, a very popular fighter that everybody knows and wants to see more of. He's right there. Hasn't quite gotten over that hump yet, but... What do we do with the Trailblazer to potentially set him up for that for his next fight? I, I still like Sh- I mentioned before. I still like the possibility of him and Shemaev. I just think that'd be so much fun. Uh, just the in cage talk from Holland would be fantastic, as it always is. And by the credit to Darren Stewart for matching it as well. <laughs> Near the end, when he was hammering on Holland, he was going, uh, "Come on!" I think he was saying, "Come on, come on, Kev, come on," or something like that. And I'm like, "Damn, all right, that's how they do it." Eh? Uh, but I think we said before, it's very possible Shemaev, uh, you know, fights soon on Fight Island, fights at 170, so Holland might not be an option unless Holland also drops down and falls in there. It's got to be Marvin Vittori, right? It's got to be Marvin Vittori. I, I was trying to find interesting things to say about this. And I'm like, no, no, this, this is the fight that makes sense. He, he's mentioned him already. Uh, it, he, he, like I said, he needs to be moving up in the rankings. I think Vittori's just ahead of him. I think it'd be such a fun fight, and the Bills would be great. It's got to be Marvin Vittori. That's the fight to make. Yeah. He did call it Shemaya on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Scott Holland. He said, they asked what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Because he, he, he didn't think he won the fight. Like, he thought mm-hmm. it was a draw, and, you know, he thinks he should run it back with Darren Stewart and you know, maybe if you did it again, I'd watch, but mm-hmm. he goes, and if not, if something happens to Damian Maya, I'll fight the rat. Yeah. So I like yes. that again, he's putting himself in a prime position. He's active. He's getting out there. People are getting to know him a little bit more. And that's, that's only good for you. People like him. How do you feel about Ian Heinish? If Heinish beats Brendan Allen on November 7th, Yeah, you think you think maybe they're not in the same streams right now? Close. I mean, because mm-hmm. Heinish will be. I mean, Heinish is coming off a ferocious knockout win in his last mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. If he beats, if, if Heinish beats Brendan Allen, he's probably. I mean, he's looking at top ten matchups. Okay. At worst, maybe skips. So. Maybe skips over Holland. Yeah, I mean, if something yeah. happens with Brendan Allen and if Holland wants to slide right in there, maybe he could. But I mean, that option's there. But if we'll see. We, we shall see. There's a lot happening with Kevin Hahn and 185 and maybe 170. But now it is time for the wild card selection where we each select one fighter from the slate that we haven't mentioned yet and we match make for them now. AK, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. Maybe you're not going with this, but 
Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I do. What is your pick? Surprise me, sir. Why would you think? How could you think that you know who I'm going to pick? Uh, I didn't know who I was going to pick until uh, until very late last night. Uh, no, I'm going with Tyson Nam. Did you think it was Tyson Nam? No, I thought you. Oh. I thought this is Rivera versus Rivera all day. <laughs> no, no, we've, I'm on Damon on Damon now. Come on now, <laughs> we've moved past on. Damon on Damon on Damon is going to scratch my edge this week. Oh baby, uh, okay, I got to settle down. Um, no, I'm I, I, Tyson Nam. I, I'm a longtime fan. I'm, I'm a fan, uh, a Nam fan, you might say. <laughs> You're a Naminal, aren't you? That's a deep. I'm a, that is not a thing. It is. That, I googled Naminal. Let me tell you something. I saw a few references to Naminal. Several of them were from our site in articles written by you. So I, <laughs> I think that maybe you made this happen. <laughs> I had not heard of that before. Uh, his Instagram, I think, is Naminal. Uh, uh, 125, whatever, something like that. So, okay, I'm like, okay, he got it from somewhere, but I thought that was a joke, not his actual nickname. Uh, but yeah, a little Nam fan name drop for you there, there uh, you, you old school Ultimate Fighter fans. Um, no, I'm a fan of Tyson Nam. Uh, Randy Costa or Andre Yule would make a lot of sense, but I, I kind of want to keep them. I want kind of want to keep the younger up and coming guys facing younger up and coming guys. I don't really want them to face face Tyson Nam right now. It might happen sometime in the future. I want a nice Legends, not Legend, but yeah, I'll go say it. Bantamweight Legends. Legends fight for Wineland. And uh, this is sticking around at 135 for Nam. He always has the option of going back down to flyweight, but if he stays at 135, here's a guy who had a disappointing performance in his last outing, but I still think has something left and would produce a banger with Tyson Nam. Eddie Wineland. Tyson Nam and Eddie Wineland. I know, again, I feel like Eddie Wineland, he's still fighting after the O'Malley fight. It's like, you know what? Shut up. Yeah, he is. Guess what? <laughs> wow. He's. Yeah, I'm real aggressive with this one. All right, he's not retired. I'd like to see him in a fun fight, and I'd like to see him face another guy again who's uh, who's seen it all in his career already, and, uh, and and looks like he's really enjoying his time in the UFC so far. So yes, Wineland's coming off a loss, but I think Nam uh, is still kind of behind Wineland in the rankings. Tyson Nam, Eddie Wineland. No idea if this is even close to being possible to happening, but that's what I'd like to see. Sometimes in life, AK things just work out perfectly for our little matchmaking circle, and. I'll be honest with you. My first thought was Tyson Nam versus Randy Costa. That was my initial thought. And then I, I thought about it. I probably went down the same rabbit hole you did. And then I pulled myself back because there's a more obvious choice there. And you happen to mention both names. It just so happens that these guys competed in consecutive fights on Saturday night. So 135, Randy Costa versus Andre Ewell. It's New England versus the West Coast, but still... Andre Ewell's got New England ties. He's got uh, some tie-ins with CES. He has competed for them. I'm sure they've run in similar circles from time to time. I love that matchup. I think Randy Costa deserves a, a definite step up. He deserves a veteran after that ferocious head kick finish. He's got two first-round finishes in a row. He hasn't spent a lot of time in the octagon over the last 11 months. That's a great fight. I don't see how that thing doesn't deliver. That is my wild card pick, AK. Yeah, look, you hyped up uh, the Randy Costa Journey Newsom fight a lot. It had a spectacular finish, certainly lived up to the billing. And uh, it makes a lot of sense for both guys, too, because Costa is trending upwards. He needs to keep going up again. I think Ewell has a little more experience, so it's probably a little bit ahead of him in the rankings, but has a lot to prove after, again, I think still that last fight with uh, Martinez the, before this one, which most people in the media thought he lost. Uh, and then, I mean, I think the win over Aaron Rivera was much more convincing. That was actually should not have been a split decision. I'm surprised one of the judges gave the fight to uh, 
to uh, Aaron Rivera and that uh, that Ewell, did, I think, did not get any 30-27s. I think I had a 30-27 for Ewell. So uh, hey, Rivera is a very tough fighter. I understand he's got that com- that always going forward style, which is uh, very difficult to score against. But uh, yeah, I think there's still some doubts in people's minds as far as Ewell as a, as a bantamweight prospect. So yeah, uh, I, I'm down with that for sure. Uh, yeah, we got with that bantamweight division is just moving. Man, even, <laughs> yeah. these lo- even these guys who were talking about lower in the rankings can get you jazzed up for a potential matchup, eh? Absolutely. As we move ahead to another part of the show that I really enjoy, the fan suggestions. I'm not sure how we're how you've pulled these up, AK, but I'm sure there's a ton of ideas potentially for the star of the show, Hamzat Shabaya. But uh, let's discuss what our wonderful, enthusiastic readers and viewers had to say in regards to the futures of some of these names from UFC Vegas 11. Uh, well, I should say I did a very poor job of soliciting uh, uh, options for onto the next one today. I think I was just there was a lot going on last night. It was such an exciting card uh, that I forgot to just make you know just make a couple of tweets, just straight up asking who is next for this fighter uh, hashtag onto the next one. So uh, I'm sorry, we actually don't have a lot of great submissions. Um, what was the one? Oh, gosh, like you said, I think I saw some people say Woodley, which no, hard pass. <laughs> Uh, uh, there was, I'll also say there's one great comment that said, uh, the dude turned into Nganu, what the F? So, uh, yes, he certainly showed a side that, that I didn't expect. I had predicted him to kind of win using his wrestling and kind of grind, grind it out against Mirshart and avoid his submissions. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. He landed one shot and, uh, just completely smoked him. So... (laughs) So uh, most people are just saying again, they want to see him fight again. They don't care who, uh, uh, just nobody, nobody can stop him. But we did get some suggest- uh, suggestion for Mackenzie Dern. Uh, this is not a bad suggestion, but like I said, we kind of booked her already. Someone said uh, Dern versus Tisha Torres, which I'm not against. No, but I think, like we said, uh, Jan Jiroba is the perfect matchup for Tisha Torres right now, and vice versa. Uh, and I think our options for Dern were really good. So sorry, I've kind of snubbed the readers this week. Uh, again, I did not do a great job uh, last night of, of asking for their opinion, but uh, given given how eventful it was already, I hope we'll be forgiven and uh, that you guys can look at our choices and 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 nod your head in approval. Otherwise, always blast us on Twitter. You got you know you have you'll have our accounts. Feel free to uh, to come at us, and uh, we'll we'll mention you guys next week. Yes, so th- th- that's what we're gonna do. So l- give us your thoughts. If you agree with us, disagree with us, matches you would make. Do it on the Twitter. He's at Alexander K. Lee. I'm at Mike Heck underscore JR as we are just about out of time here. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday for the next at least three months. But but next week, we look at the futures of names such as Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, Dominic Reyes, Jan Blahovich, and others because UFC 253 is this Saturday. There were times... This past Saturday, watching UFC Vegas 11, that I forgot that UFC 253 was coming up on Saturday until I would see a promo. And I was like, yes, I can't believe this is happening on Saturday. But that is coming up this Saturday in Abu Dhabi. Really excited for the card and our man Jose Young's on Fight Island as we speak, AK. Beast. He's a beast. And uh, look for, uh, you know, I know Dana White said he really wants to get uh, Shemayev out there. So look for him to step in for, should God forbid something happen to either Diego Sanchez or Jake Matthews, look for him to step into that matchup. Or, uh, fingers crossed, nothing happens to the main event between Israel Dissenia and Paulo Costa, but you know that Shemayev would slide right in there for a middleweight title shot. So, you know, you can say, Mike, we'll be back next week, and uh, guess what? There's a chance uh, comes that Shemayev will too. So, stay tuned. Who knows? That's right. We'll have all the coverage for all five of these events on Fight Island right here on MAFighting.com. But that is it for us. For Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Heck, wishing you a great week and offering a friendly reminder 
don't take this too seriously. This is fun, and maybe, just maybe, the UFC will continue to listen to us. We'll see you next time on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.